Before we start the show, I just wanted to say, I, I'm going to be very vague in this. Okay. But I was told by a couple friends that they lost one of their family members, and I just wanted to tell you, uh, I'm sorry, I understand what that's like. Um, you know, the entire Campbell family is, uh, our hearts go out to you and our thoughts are with you, and uh, you, know, you have your our condolences. Uh, we love you guys very much, and it's going to be tough, but somehow... You know, you will get through this, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined today by Witch Zaftig. How are you, my dear? I'm quite well. How are you? Super duper. It is uh, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and we have a great show for you uh, this, this week, this post-Valentine's Day. Did you do anything this week for Valentine's? Did you have a special uh, someone in the cold, cold region of space you're in? Uh, no, I did go out um, to a friend's house for dinner, um, uh, a fellow scholar and his wonderful family. So I was certainly exposed to love. His uh, two young children um, decided to, uh, they don't speak any English, and, uh, but we spent the evening where they would tell me words and spell out words in Norwegian and I would say them. So, uh, so the wow. whole evening I was saying words like fart, poop, <laughs> boob, <laughs> butt, <laughs> much to their utter dislike. But utter delight, I guess. My, and, uh, How romantic. <laughs> I know, I know. They thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was love. Uh, loving in a sense i suppose um yeah. i drank a lot of wine and it was fun so it's not that big a deal here i'm currently in norway and mm. uh the celebrations that do happen for valentine's day are pretty much um american exports and marketing campaigns trying to sell goods so um some adults may engage in the the kind of you know card giving or flowers but it, it's not on steroids the way it is in north america yeah yeah we like it we like everything big, so Valentine's Day is yes. no exception. <clears throat> we always tone things down around my house. We don't go... Um, my wife and I would rather spend our uh, resources on our home and our children rather than buying each other shit. But I did find myself in this really... Uh, <laughs> what every guy I know would consider a horrible situation, but I, I secretly kind of like it. So <laughs> we... We're going to be seeing a whole bunch of friends um, in a couple months. And so we went out to get some new clothes. You know, I wanted to get a new suit so I look fresh. And, you know, she got a nice uh, new dress. And so shopping with your wife and your daughter, it's always a weird thing. I mean, most guys hate it because they're sitting around in a girl's shop. But I, I look at it like this. I get to watch young, beautiful women try on clothes in front of me. And all I have to do is sit there. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? How could you yeah. not enjoy that? Like, how is that a bad thing? So I'm sitting in this super crazy, comfortable, high back seat, just sitting there. And I have attendants coming up to me, asking me if I need anything, if I, I want anything. They're telling me I could go into the dressing room, like foyer if I wanted to. And I, I almost did, but I thought that would be a little bit creepy for a young lady to go in to try on some clothes and she has to pass by me every time. Some so guy, I'm like that yeah. creepy old guy staring like, yeah, are you going to put that on? You need help? Huh? You, need... you totally <laughs> should, man. Weird. You should totally wear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or I could just do the opposite, like, oh, no, 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 do yourself a favor, honey. <laughs> Please don't, don't even bother. Um, like, oh, girl, so I, you don't, you don't need to <laughs> You can't pull that off. <laughs> you really can't. <laughs> so I don't mind it at all. I don't mind shopping with my wife. And it, it, it allows me to see her in, like, a bunch of different outfits that we probably wouldn't otherwise have seen her in, which are sexy and exciting sometimes. And so, fuck it, I love it. And then when you go shopping yourself as a gentleman... Uh, if you're going to the right places, you're going to have women doting on you the entire time. Like tailors feeling up your ass and your crotch to make sure the dimensions are right. They're like, you know, reaching their arms around you and stuff. It's like the perfect way to spend an afternoon if you have nothing else to do. Women just waiting on you. It's fucking amazing. So yeah. Um, go, get, go, go have someone cop a feel because it's their job. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> exactly. It's not weird when they're on their hands and knees. Like, feeling up your groin inseam. <laughs> it's a normal... That's what they do for a living, you know? You leave it to the experts. Yeah, I'm sure um, they love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, this little fucking punk. God damn it. Is he hard? Oh, fuck! You <laughs> um, So I had a really good Valentine's Day. That's what we did yesterday. Uh, just a little bit of shopping. Uh, didn't go crazy or anything. But, you know, our anniversary is um, right around this time, too. And so it's always like a double hit, which sucks because it takes a little bit of the excitement from one of the events and puts it in the other. And so I have to make sure I hit her up like two days in a row so that she doesn't feel like it's just, you know, being robbed of something. Uh, and, right. and there's nothing better <clears throat> than making all of the women that she works with on a day to day basis pissed off when they have to watch that bouquet of flowers come tromping down the aisle <laughs> hoping it's for them and then bam right past them <laughs> right like, oh yeah they're just like oh he remembered son of a bitch <laughs> and then their guys get 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 some shit on the the tail end of it on the end of the day um i love it. i mean a lot of people bitch about that be, just because of that fact you're really making other guys look bad but how hard is it to send flowers, really? It's, it's not a chore. Yeah. You could yeah, literally yeah. schedule it like a month ahead of time if you really are worried about forgetting. Yeah. And then you just turn you up. Do it here. online. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to leave your house. You it's just, literally yeah. just clicks away with your with your sex fingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a running theme, by the way. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so a couple other things. I got this really amazing album. So you guys know Jimmy Psycho. I've had him on the show a couple of times. Uh, Jimmy Psycho uh, Experiment, and then also just Psycho Charger. But he has a new project that he um, put out an album for called The Black Goat Uprising. That's sort of the... the it's not really a band, but that's, that's the name of the project. Um, and his first album is called Medusa. So I'm listening uh, to this album, and it's a little bit ambient, atmospheric, a little... Uh, Orchestra, or orchestral, uh, but then there's like layering of voice and uh, 
uh, messaging throughout it too. And it's, it's sort of a mix between um, like almost like a Nine Inch Nails and a Rob Zombie feel in parts of it. And then it just sort of, you know, so that, that Nine Inch Nails where it's um, instrumental, not like industrial. I don't know. It's a really, really kick-ass album. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, go to theblackgoatuprising.com. Um, you can actually stream, I think, most of the songs right there on the website, so it's worth checking out. It's really great stuff, and Jimmy Psycho is a, a hell of a musician, so do yourselves a favor and check that out. And speaking of musicians, our own Darren Deicide of Agent Provocateur has a contest. He's obviously a musician himself, and he's actually a, a, a live performance mu musician, meaning he actually goes out to venues and performs. He doesn't just mix stuff in his house and stuff like that. Um, and he's actually a, a, a live performance musician in the term, in, in the uh, essence of you get the real feel of him when he's actually performing. You know, you listen to his album, which is really good, but if you see him live, it's a whole different element. I mean, he really is, you have to see him live. It's great. But um, in in the vein of that, a couple years ago, or I think it was like a year ago, he recorded a series of music videos called Back from the Dead, the Harsmas Sessions. And he's been releasing them one a week for the past two weeks. And there's one more coming at the end of this coming week, this, this Saturday the 21st, I believe it's going to be. And in the spirit of uh, this new music and these new live performance videos, we're running a contest here at Nine Cents. So here's what you do to get entered for the contest. Every Facebook post announcing one of these videos on a Saturday from both Nine Cents Podcast and Darren Deicide, you will get your name entered. And that's on Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter. So you have like 18 chances to win if you you know, share each and every post on every social network. Um, you can also go to 9centspodcast.com forward slash contest and you'll be able to see the videos and see all the rules and all of the uh, details about the contest itself. I do suggest that even if you're not going to enter the contest, because all you really have to do to enter it is share a post, which is not difficult in any possible way. So why the hell wouldn't you? But, um, the music is really good on its own. So even if you don't want to share it, just watch it. You know, take some time and, and check out this uh, really fantastic artist. But what you get if you do win is not only a t-shirt commemorating Back from the Dead, the Harsimus Sessions, but also his last 7-inch record for free. Free. Free shipping, free everything. So there's absolutely no reason not to share it and get in on this contest. Um, so do so. Okay, so let's talk about the show really quick and The Devil's Advocate. Uh, there's an... I don't know if you call it an article, but there's a collection that Underworld Amusements put out called Letters from the Devil. I have referenced this for content in the past, and I'm doing so again today. The article is called Offering Soul is Not a Supreme Sacrifice, and it's an idea that I truly, truly love so very, very much, and we'll get into that in just a second. Of course, Witch Zaftig is here, so we're going to do a little unorthodoxy with Witch Zaftig. This is episode seven. What are we calling this? Uh, today we're going to talk about whether or not atheism can be considered a religion. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to close the show out with a little old Nick's peep show. Um, a little forewarning here, people. I've got kids crawling all over my house right now. So if you hear anything, like, 
from the other side of these walls. That's what it is. Children taking over my home. That's uh, really a nightmare. Let's uh, let's dive over to a little uh, devil's advocate. Sure. In nomine in the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the church of Satan. Offering soul is not a supreme sacrifice. All right, so this is a letter to Dr. LeVay uh, when he was writing this Letters from the Devil column. And it's from a young woman named Carolyn. She's 17. And rather than reading this, I'm going to just sort of sum it up in my own way, sum up uh, Dr. LeVay's response, and then we're going to we're gonna chat a little bit about it because I think it's something worth talking about. So it's a young woman, uh, Carolyn, who is very unhappy with her physical appearance. And that, I mean, that's really what this distills down to. She's thicker than she wants to be. Her hair is shorter than she wants it to be. Her eyelashes are shorter than she, they want, she wants them to be. And she has this sense that she is much more powerful uh, in terms of witchcraft, uh, black magic, as she puts it. So she was uh, using a Ouija board with a friend of hers. And this is all in a letter to Dr. LeVay. It takes her a long time to get to her request. She is uh, performing, uh, you know, playing the Ouija board game with a friend and summons up what she calls the right-hand man to Satan himself. Um, and it was Loki, right? So completely different um, <laughs> religious deities, but that's okay. So Loki is the right-hand man to Satan in her worldview, and he tells her that she is special, that she does have great power, and that Anton LaVey must acknowledge it before she is granted this power. It was just really this delusions of grandeur. It was really great. Wow. And so she goes and says she does this a couple more times in order to convince herself that, yes, this is really Loki, telling her that she really is a black witch and that she can be crazy powerful and perform magic. And she writes this letter to Anthony LeVay asking him to please make her hair 12 inches longer, her eyelashes one inch longer, and to thin out her legs to <laughs> make her more physically appearing. And she gives dimensions on what she wants her bust and her hips and her waist to be specifically. Wow. Okay. Really crazy specific for a, a super powerful black witch that just needs Anton LaVey's approval. Um, and so the response to this, oh, 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 I almost forgot the best part. <laughs> the best, the worst part, potentially. She promises that she, in return for these gifts, she will sell her soul to Satan and any children that she will have in the future. Wow. She will give their soul to Satan in order yeah. for this. So um, <laughs> souls are cheap. <laughs> they don't exist yet. Um, and, and that's sort of the response that one would expect Anton LaVey would give, is that, first of all, he wouldn't want you. Like, if you're really, if you're really trying to sell your soul, why would Satan want the soul of a woman who can't even correct her own life? Can't even take the, the, the basic motivations to, I, if she wants to lose weight, to lose weight. If she wants her hair to grow longer, wear a wig until it grows longer. If she wants longer eyelashes, to buy fake eyelashes. Like, 
why would Satan want that type of a weak human being? It doesn't make any sense. And if you're really this grand, powerful magician, why don't you do this stuff yourself? <laughs> why do you need my validation for this, as he says? Um, uh, <laughs> really, really great response. And I'm not going to go into everything he tells her. Um, obviously, he suggests reading uh, The Satanic Witch, which I believe everyone should do anyway. But... Um, in order to address some of her concerns. But it, it spurred this thought in my mind. Um, I actually wrote a song about this, I Don't Want Your Soul. Uh, and I, I, I love the idea that as this sort of counterculture part of Christianity, there's this really wonderful um, myth about being able to sell your soul in return for something. And I always thought on the other side of that, why would Satan want all these degenerate souls? It doesn't make sense to me. Why? Like, how much value is there in having a soul of someone who can't actually do anything with them, their own life, it, it seems to reason, it stands to reason to me, he would want, like, the most accomplished human beings. Their soul, that's who he wants. So I always thought it was really funny. Um, where where do you think, and I thought this is, you're the perfect person to talk to about this, where do you think that idea came from, of selling your soul? I mean, um, just... Uh, I, I think I know it. I'm actually, oh, uh, really? I mean, I didn't, uh, I wasn't <laughs> prepared for this question. Mm -hmm. I could probably confirm, uh, but um, my it usually the uh, the idea of a contract with the devil for one. So, which I'm mm -hmm. assuming that that's kind of where the idea comes yeah. from. The soul uh, comes from uh, actually the same source of the idea of the witch um, uh, and the witch's Sabbath uh, having some orgy in the. <laughs> as a as a perversion of of the idea of of church, so the witch goes off into Please the woods. Tell more and slowly. <laughs> yes. The witches go off into the woods. They have some fantastic orgy, which is um, pleasurable and painful because they're fucking demons. <laughs> and uh, often, I'm with you so far, often uh, you know, killing and cons and or consuming children. Um, so the witch is held up as this trope for um, as subversion of female roles. Right, so the witch. Uh, so not only is are you supposed to be a chaste and pious woman, you know, anytime you behave outside of these roles, suggesting possibly to have your own sexual desire, <laughs> wanting to learn how to read, <laughs> for instance, <laughs> um, for instance, you could be accused of. Um, it's it's one of those things like you don't want to be a witch; you want to be a good girl. So mm -hmm. the idea of the selling selling your soul was. Uh, I forget which pope, one of the innocents, I think his name was, Innocent the whatever. Uh, he, there was a rival group of Christians, the Cathars, and they had a different type of understanding of God and Satan. They had a, a Gnostic kind of view. And um, so this particular pope didn't like the fact that these, that this subversive group was gaining more and more, you know, traction. And so he started propaganda about them selling their souls to Satan. And he circulated these images. Uh, we can see like these Cathar bishops uh, bending over and kissing Satan's ass and or signing this contract so you can look at these medieval images like of their there's mm -hmm. a, a contract being signed that they sold their soul so he actually this pope actually started uh, in the early medieval or mid medieval at the very beginning of the high medieval times um so is this a lot like 13th of the 13th century 14th century yeah pretty maybe a little bit earlier innocent i'd have to check um yeah. but if, when he starts this uh it 
you know, snowballs like, you know, two, three hundred years later. And at the high medieval period, we have all the images that we know about Satan today um, get congealed during this time, selling your soul to the devil, the witch going off into, you know, having these orgies, um, eating dead babies, <laughs> constantly yeah. trying to, um, you know, fight for the souls of good people. This is what Satan wants, and Satan wants it so that, uh, you know, he could eventually win at the end times. If he has all, more souls than God, um, then the threat could be that he could then, you know, rule on earth so he could you know break out of his <laughs> his hell chasm or something like that <laughs> the, the yeah. theology is not always clear depending on which theologian you talk to but um because he technically already is the king of earth satan yeah, yeah but he doesn't have total control because of this whole idea of free will this wonderful philosophical theological arguments written about what the role <laughs> that humans have in in choosing absolute sides of good or evil so that's where the idea comes from so it's interesting that this girl is picking up on everything the idea that um satan not only wants her soul but babies so it's the subversion yeah. of the witch is a subversion of motherhood as a grotesque version of of motherhood um that by doing this she will then gain sexual powers because she's talking about uh, mm -hmm. sexual attractiveness, you know, all these things. And um, it's also interesting that LaVey's response is a, is more like, like he would say in The Satanic Witch, well, <laughs> girl, yeah. you got to work with what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's really funny because that entire idea, uh, and as I see it, the only reason why someone would want to seal, uh, I'm sorry, to, to sell their soul in order to gain something is because they don't feel like they have the ability to get that otherwise or it's a right. super easy fast way to do it and they don't want to put in the sure. effort for it and that idea in and of itself selling your soul to the devil mm -hmm. is anti-satanic as it can get like yeah. if everything about satanism is about identifying a goal doing everything you can through lesser and or greater magic to achieve said goal yeah yourself and and to to find your strengths and weaknesses and work those and if you want to improve your your what you perceive as failings to work at them or to find different ways to get what you want in spite of them yeah. so i there's some real true irony in the idea of selling your soul to the devil is completely anti-satanic <laughs> like because you would think that would kind of be like the one thing you would do right <laughs> It's really funny. And it just goes to show anyone who would do that is just a horrible. I'll not only are they. A, hey, look, if someone's buying it, I will sell it. I will sell it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there, there's the other side of it is that any hey. Satanist who tries to sell themselves doesn't really understand Satanism <laughs> fundamentally. Like, like, if there's someone out there that wants my soul, hit me up in an email. I have a PayPal account. <laughs> I actually have a couple in the back. Just saying. I mean, if you want to buy a couple. Some of them are yeah, newer no, than I've us. actually uh, divided my soul up so I can sell it to multiple people. Like, it's, it's okay. It's totally. Yeah. You can have a fraction of my soul it's for be on a Wall fraction Street. of your paycheck. <laughs> That's a deal. Yeah. All right, people. What's that email again? <laughs> Zaftikworks at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, so this, this collection, Letters from the Devil, is uh, full of articles like this. Really wonderful, witty responses from Anton LaVey to these people. Some of them more relevant than others. Some of them um, 
end up with more meaningful responses or or even interesting questions than others. But uh, check it out for yourself, underworldamusements.net. Uh, it is still available, I believe. Um, really fantastic collection. It's a fantastic read, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on this? Which no, I'm good. Let's do a little break and let's hit some unorthodoxy with you. <laughs> everyone, I'm a den or den. If you ever get cold, you can stay in the corner of a room. They're generally 90 degrees. Or you can listen to my segment, Militant Eroticism, at the end of every month on Nine Cents Podcast. I'll either piss you off or get your pelvis grooving. Either way, you'll be warm. Fascination is a binding which comes from the spirit of the witch through the eyes of him that is bewitched, entering to fascination is a binding. Now the instrument of fascination is the spirit, namely a certain pure, lucid, subtle generated of the pure blood of the witch by the heat of the heart. Today's question on unorthodoxy with witch Zavdik bounces off uh, last week a, a little bit. And again, I've combined a, a couple questions, but essentially I got a few questions about atheism. And I'm going to boil it down to a very simple um, uh, composite. Is atheism a religion? Now, to answer that, I first want to talk a little bit about what atheism is before we can think about whether or not it's a religion. So the word itself uh, means without God, essentially, atheism. It's a negation of God, no theos. It's been used in uh, different ways. So the ancient Jews actually were accused as being atheists because they didn't believe in the Roman gods. So when, when it's first being used, it's more about one particular group being atheist towards another person, another group's gods. Like that's how it was. They were atheists towards these. So everyone's mm -hmm. an atheist towards. Uh, some group Christians are atheists towards <laughs> the Hindus, and the Hindus are atheists towards uh, Christians. Um, well, depending, so, some Hindus interpret Jesus as a avatar of uh, Shiva, but that's a different or Vishnu, but <laughs> like the blue with the tail. <laughs> a different thing. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> uh, it also has a history as an accusation of unreliability. So. If when people were making promises and they say, you know, my word is my bond, um, before they had, uh, you know, contractual laws, the idea that God um, was the covenant, so you swear on a Bible, like that's how different contracts were made. So the accusation sometimes is, well, you can trust most religious people because they understand what a contract is because they have a contract with their God, but atheists are unreliable because there's no one to hold them accountable. <laughs> so there's this, also this history of what that means um, for the atheists. In the very modern area, we have um, era now, we have these group of writers um, that have been dubbed the new atheists. So the Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris variety. And their, um, their writings about atheism entail much more than just a, a, a non-belief in a god because they are strongly anti-religious in every way. Strongly, not just anti-institutionalized um, religion, but no... Uh, 
technically uh, solely carnal in the sense like that they uh, <clears throat> advocate secular values, secular humanism, uh, rational thought, um, which entails its own issue in the sense of what's rationalism, but we won't get into that too much right now. But these are the words they use. Hole. Right, it is, it is a big rabbit hole. I'm going to give another incident, another ins, uh, instance of someone who self-describes as atheistic, and that is the Raelians. So the Raelians are this new religion, move, uh, new religious movement. They're called uh, a ufology type of movement. That's how scholars call them, because they believe that uh, aliens actually cloned themselves, and humans were uh, humans on Earth were actually, are actually cloned. Uh, aliens, right? So we are we are made in this image. The idea that the Bible was written, but it's actually written in a metaphor because humans couldn't understand it. So they actually call themselves atheistic. They don't believe in the gods, but they do believe in aliens. They also interestingly call themselves creationists because they don't believe in evolution right, <laughs> because yeah. we couldn't have evolved from apes if we're actually cloned from aliens. <laughs> so Interesting. Fascinating use of atheism there. I would kind of argue that if you've just supplanted aliens for God, you're not really an atheist, but... Still creators. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to, you know, let them at least explain how they're using that word. So it doesn't, it doesn't have as clear definition as, as we'd liked it to. My point is, even though the word just means, you know, no, a non-belief in a God, uh, different people are using it different ways. And let me give you another example. There's a guy named Alain de Bouton that started something called Atheism 2.0. You can find his TED talk uh, somewhere, and he has this whole thing about, well, atheists, you know, the accusation is atheists have no soul and have no ecstasy, so let's build values into atheism. Let's, uh, and he has this 10-point thing that atheists stand for, and they have these wonderful things like empathy, patience, sacrifice, forgiveness, love, humor, and politeness, among others. <laughs> so he is um, creating some attaching and um, wants to build upon the notion of a non-belief, that, that atheism can mean so much more. What's interesting is that he's responding then, even though he's critiquing religion in a sense, He's responding in that same language. When he's using words like forgiveness mm -hmm. and empathy, it's the same type of feel-good type of language that a lot of contemporary religions talk about. So he's just using atheism as his base. Uh, but the feelings don't change. These words don't change. Um, another example is a guy named Adam Lee who has uh, a book called Daylight Atheists. And he argues for this spirituality, saying that spirituality just means feelings of awe and wonder. And even Harris, so this, I think he's a biologist by, by profession, who uh, has been strongly anti-religious, um, wrote a book called Waking Up, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion. And he wants to cultivate spirituality, quote-unquote, as a positive mental state. And he talks about meditation and being spiritual. Uh, so there's all these different um, people reinterpreting what atheism means. And I'd actually like to play one last example um, of uh, the atheist megachurch. This particular example is in San Diego, but there's many happening across the, the Western world. Let's listen to that now. 
At a service this past weekend, there was singing, there was reflection, fellowship at a room full of non-believers. A movement dubbed the Atheist Mega Church has arrived in San Diego. 10 News reporter Michael Chen shows it to us. In the news release publicizing it, the event was described as part foot-stomping show, part Atheist Church, and 100% celebration of life. Whatever you call it, expect to see plenty more of it in San Diego. Sunday Assembly San Diego! There are rousing words and rousing music. At first glance, this could be a scene from a megachurch, but there's one major difference. Everyone here is a non-believer. My hope is that non-believers, non-theists, no longer have to hide in the shadows. Debbie Allen and Jimmy Liason organized this weekend's Sunday Assembly, a growing movement beginning in London more than a year ago, dubbed the Atheist Megachurch by supporters and detractors. On this day, music from the Beatles and a sermon focused on astrophysics in honor of astronomer Carl Sagan's birthday. This is a picture of the high, whole sky. Replaced the small atheist meetups of the past as some 300 turned out at the Balboa Park Club. Instead of faith, the topics are scientific and social issues. Organizers attribute the popularity of the movement to a rise in non-believers. According to a recent study, the number of Americans who have no religious affiliation continues to climb. It's now at 20%. If you do not believe in God, why try to emulate a house of worship? Well, we're not actually emulating a house of worship. What we're doing is we're providing some of the same universal needs. Eliason says that includes the need for fellowship and connecting with others. People are yearning for that connection. And so we provide a godless congregation for them to be able to do that. Organizers hope to hold one Sunday assembly every month. If fundraising efforts succeed, the goal is to eventually find a permanent space, a belief in a new approach for non-believers. Michael Chen, 10 News. So my final example before I try to even answer this question is in the <laughs> response. So David Webster is another scholar. He's uh, in the UK. And he's a lot more acerbic about this sort of wave of so-called atheists linking spirituality and all these feel-good, new-age type of feelings. And he wrote a book called Dispirited, subtitled, how contemporary spirituality makes us stupid, selfish, and unhappy. <laughs> and this is his critique of this wave of new atheists, you know, claiming that they're not religious, critiquing religion in all these ways, and yet at the same time um, using the same exact language, language as a holdover from either um, conventional religion or a reimagined ancient beliefs or new age types of, um, of worldviews. And he says to discuss spirituality in these terms as somehow just feeling awe and wonder, uh, spirituality for one then loses its meaning. If it doesn't actually mean having a spirit, <laughs> then, mm -hmm. which an atheist would claim we don't have, then it loses its meaning. And not only that, it's actually toxic to think so because it has an impact, this spiritual discourse, quote unquote, um, because it's so superficial. It means nothing when you tell someone um, you should be more spiritual. It has this empty meaning that you will always fall short of. So you're setting yourself up for disappointment because you don't always feel um, all these wonderful ideals that you're supposed to behave as a human. He's saying it's the same type of language of conventional religion.
you're setting humans up to fail. We're never going to be these perfect beings. <laughs> and the best we can do is kind of deal with pain the way it, and, and deal with our lives, you know, in a more realistic way, um, uh, as opposed to having these lofty ideals that never mean anything. That, so the vagueness of it uh, is not only not better, it's possibly worse. So that's David Webster. I'll put a link to his book on uh, the website. Um, on my the blog right. about the unorthodoxy. So my final my final comment is if I'm asked is atheism a religion? My question my answer is yes and no. You could either argue way uh, either way, but um, I think it's actually the wrong question. So like why would it matter? What we can say is that because of the anti-religious discourse in our time right now, like in the Western world, like it's people are talking about it, pro-religion, anti-religion, um, spirituality, new atheism. There's all these things happening. And so when atheists of different sorts are mobilizing, attaching values to this essential, like an opinion, it's like an opinion at its base. It means an opinion like... I don't like purple, <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then someone else comes along and says, here's all these values I want to attach to your opinion of not liking purple. Mm. Um, if you're mobilizing, I think it's enough for us to pay attention that, and us, I mean, us as scholars. So it's, it, it, it is looking like a religion if you're broadening your sort of definition. Uh, and all these definitions are kind of vague in the first place. It, it's most important to me um, not whether or not it's actually a religion, but more how much power can this discourse have? And what are the effects of talking about atheism in these ways? What are the effects of talking about spirituality in these ways? What are the effects of having a megachurch? Which in many ways to me seem uh, incredibly boring. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to have to go to a church <laughs> and hear songs, like it better be a carnival there's got to be a kissing booth, <laughs> some whiskey shots. Like, <laughs> that actually I don't sounds wanna, really good. I, that sounds fun. Like, Let's I start would, our own mega church. I, we should start our own mega <laughs> carnival church. See, that yeah. would be fun, and I would go for that. The idea that you just sort of go to be bored while someone sings, <laughs> someone yeah. sings bad folk songs um, to me doesn't doesn't sound very appealing. But people are doing it, so. To me, it just illustrates that no matter what, people are going to attach themselves to certain ideologies. And that's the biggest irony. Atheism says, ideology is wrong. And then here's all these mm -hmm. atheists <laughs> that develop ideologies oh, to man. answer what they say is <laughs> harmful. Uh, so the whole, the, there's so, many, there's so much um, irony uh, it, enmeshed in the whole discourse that uh, most atheists don't actually um, aren't quite aware of or aren't aren't discussing in a, in a realistic way. So, uh, if it's a religion or not, I think um, doesn't really matter. Eventually, they're going to mobilize enough uh, that it's going to end up a bit like a South Park episode in that famous episode where they, <laughs> the different atheist organization, go to wars. Millions of people die. It's very bloody. It's very violent, uh, and they go to war over what to name their. Atheist, atheistic organization. My no god is better than your no god. Exactly. My no god is better than your no god. Bow down to my no god. Yeah. I, oh god, I love, I love this segment. Um, okay, so what I really love about this is how stupid 
it makes atheists look <laughs> <laughs> how fundamentally retarded atheists are. And it's, it's no mystery. Uh, I, I don't consider myself an atheist. I don't identify as an atheist. I don't like anyone in person that I've met that does self-identify as an atheist because it's not so much. I don't believe in a God. It's trying to convince everyone else around them that they don't, they, they shouldn't believe in a right. God. Yeah. Like they don't believe, you know, it's, it's this activism rather than just being content within yourself about what, how you see the world. I mean, I'm an atheist. I'm a Satanist. I don't need to identify as an atheist. Um, I, I think it's, it's suggested under the table that we go through it that way because obviously we don't see any spirituality in anything. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you start <laughs> – because actions reflect on words, when you see a mega church full of atheistic hippies <laughs> preaching yep. tolerance, acceptance, community values, the need for gatherings – you're now like that. <laughs> like whenever someone sees that video that we just played and then you say you're an atheist, that's how they see you. Right. You look like those jackasses in a mega church. And so that is why I want nothing, nothing to do with this public identity as an atheist. Um, and that's the other thing. At what point did no God turn into activism? <laughs> like, why can't yeah. you just be content? I don't understand why you have to fight. And and do you think, because this is the way I see it, and I don't know if there's any grounds for it, but it seems logical to me. Um, seems logical, not illogical. Uh, the reason why some atheists are attaching spirituality to atheism is to ease the transfer of yeah. those who may not literally believe in God, but they just kind of, you know, culturally or socially identify that way. Do you think yeah. that has something to do with it? Well, I think it's a way of uh, them addressing the the concern. So if the concern, uh, one of the arguments, for instance, of uh, religious people is like, well, atheists have no ecstasy. They mm -hmm. have no feelings of awe or wonder. They don't know God. How could they experience this type of um, uh, awe at the, at, at the world? You know, because that's especially contemporary Christianity. It entails a lot of this type of language. Um, the only way you can feel wonder is by the wonder of God and his creation. Uh, this, this, glory, uh, this feeling of glory. And so then they point at atheists and say, well, they're just robots. They're blind automatons. They don't experience this, and we should pity them um, if we're not going to save them. Uh, mm -hmm. And so when atheists co-opt this discourse and say, of course we experience awe and wonder and we forgiveness and, and feelings, you know, we want to be nice to people and have respect, <laughs> they're, they're, they're answering religious people and that accusation that they are, that they are robots. Um, I think that's the wrong approach. So I'm not an atheist activist either. Um, I used to describe myself that way when people would ask just because I felt it was easier. But uh, like you, I've sort of uh, started to distance myself of it because I don't want to be associated with um, the Dawkins variety who's, uh, mm -hmm. who just lambasts religion of all kinds uh, or these feel-good spirituality types, which uh, to me represent values that I don't believe in. So mm -hmm. if they're 
creating a discourse around atheism that I don't actually support, then I'm not going to use that, that word. Although technically, sure, <laughs> I'm very much an atheist. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but no, I don't subscribe to um, those MTV values, as, they've, <laughs> as I've heard of them called. <laughs> um, uh, I think if they're using this language, um, it's effective in some way. It's effective only to other atheists that think about it in that, those terms. I don't think it convinces the religious people who think that godless people are uh, horrible people and can't be trusted. I, I don't think it's effective in that way. Um, uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see... Um, actually, we did actually have an incident. So uh, this chapel very recently where three Muslims were killed by an atheist in the U.S. I'm not and, familiar with this. Oh, okay. I wish I could tell you the state right now. Uh, there's, <laughs> a, there's a school and there was a, a guy. I mean, he's unstable, but he claimed, I think that there was this, uh, if my memory is correct, hmm. he shot three people in the United States. They were uh, Muslims. Three. It was a, a married couple and her and the wife's sister. And um, I think Dawkins came out with a statement like, of course, this has nothing to do with atheism. We don't support this. We're, we critique this kind of behavior within, you know, religious institutions. I certainly don't support it here. But what's, mm-hmm. what's fascinating to, to me is that he, Dawkins didn't use the word fundamental, but that's the accusation. Oh, fundamentalist Muslims do the X. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I... I would not be surprised if within uh, who knows how long it would take, 10, 20, 30 years, you would have growing movements of fundamentalist atheists. Because if they're answering the discourse (laughs) that religion is bad and needs to be eradicated, the way Dawkins says, he says it all Mm -hmm. the time, within my lifetime, I hope religion is eradicated, it's child abuse, it should go away. So the Mm -hmm. more he uses this very strong language, the more some guy (laughs) is going to be convinced that the world would be a better place without religious people and going to pick up a gun and try to shoot some people. It's the way humans are that some of these brilliant minds can't see this is uh, interesting to me. But I mean, yeah, I would hope not, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if you, you started hearing the term fundamentalist atheism. Mm. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pundit at some point that's going to use the term fundamentalist atheism uh, to describe atheists that go nuts and, and try to kill religious people. Unfortunately. Oh, that's terrible. Oh it's my terrible. gosh. I know, but it's, uh, it's like having a crystal ball. Like I, I just kind of see that that could easily happen. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't know, man. For <laughs> I, I do see, especially when you have a mega church. Mm-hmm. I definitely see atheism becoming a religion. Sure. Um, so, because you deal with, and we spoke to this a little early in this episode, maybe not specifically in this way, but um, how do you identify a new religious movement when? I mean, in the terms of atheism, at what point would you be forced as an academic to describe it as a religion? Well, uh, several years before um, the megachurches, which is a relatively recent, just in the past couple mm-hmm. years, yeah. they've sort of developed, um, scholars of new religions have talked about the new atheism as a religion. Um, other scholars of religion haven't been so agreeable. It, it's sort of taken them a bit a bit of time. <laughs> but as soon as they start using megachurch, then it's sort of easier. Mm. Um, but it's been uh, 
you know, a good decade where they've been at least mentioned it. So there hasn't been a lot of huge studies on it. Um, but there's certainly been some articles, and I've read dozens and dozens of articles that scholars of new religions, so scholars who are looking at emerging things right now, say, hmm, uh, here's this current of people um, mobilizing. They're writing blogs, they're writing books, they're getting together, they have seminars. Um, what's happening here? So yeah. even those scholars might not say, I'm not... I'm." I'm not going to name this a religion or not, but I am going to say something's happening and we got to look at it. So, uh, again, the term to me is almost irrelevant. Yeah. It, it's much more important that there is movement. Like if no one was calling themselves an atheist or going to their atheist megachurch, then it would truly be irrelevant and not mm -hmm. um, a religion. But if, you brought, if you're just looking at religion as people getting together around kind of you know specific ideologies and yeah. talking about it and thinking about that then uh, certainly qualifies a ritual in a church with songs <laughs> certainly yes certainly qualifies. so the anti-religion religion kind of yeah uh, movement and uh, oh god how, how good can you possibly be so um uh i love that idea especially when you look at it and bring going back to the beginning of, of your segment in the t context of how atheism has been used historically. So in that context, these are just spiritualists, which is something that has been around for a very long time, mm -hmm. you know, masquerading as atheists or, or adopting the name themselves, but still uh, believing and practicing generic New Age spiritualism as it's been um, for, for, for years and years. <laughs> so they're not atheists necessarily by way they see the world they're atheists because they don't believe in the next guy's god <laughs> yes pretty much yeah there's only a few really i mean if we're going to use the word like carnal like solely carnal there's a mm -hmm. dawkins certainly appears to be one because he's one of the few and i at least admire him for his um consistency he's one of the very few that has never talked about spirituality that has never tried <laughs> to make atheism anything more than it than it is that yeah. even though as he's strongly anti-religious but he's the minority most of these atheist people are, um, as you say, co-opting spirituality in its ultra-vague form um, to mean atheism. I, I have a feeling this discussion is going to piss a couple Satanists off. Oh, it's going to piss off a lot. I've had some of those discussions it. offline. So, hey, let them make it. My email is zaftigworks at gmail.com, all small letters, so they, mm -hmm. can, they can send me their comments and critiques. Yeah, and I, I do suggest everyone reach out to Witch Zaftig as well. I mean, you see how in-depth she goes into a topic and how fair she is in discussing it, um, regardless of her personal opinions on it. And so if you want an objective view of uh, something, reach out. Um, can you give us that email address one more time? It is ZaftigWorks. Z-A-F-T-I-G-W-O-R-K-S, all one word, all small letters, at gmail.com. They can also find me on Facebook, um, Unorthodoxy with Witch Zaftig. Um, there's also an Unorthodoxy blog. Um, so unorthodoxy 
blog.wordpress.com. Uh, so hit me up on the blog. My contact information is there on my Facebook page or just email directly. You can also contact um, our host here at uh, info at ninecentspodcast.com and he'll relay any type of question you have or critique or comment or criticism. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. That was truly wonderful. It is my I pleasure. Dig it. Let's uh, do a little old next peep show and close this thing out. Welcome to another old Nick Peep show, the only segment that delivers beautiful women, masculine men, and ev- and intriguing information on all things Old Nick. Joining us as always is the very first Old Nick chick, which Marilyn Mansfield and her handsome man, managing editor, uh, see, managing it. It's an, isn't it senior managing editor or just managing editor? Ah, uh, pick a title. Pick a matter. Grand Pooba works on the mug. <laughs> How are both of you? We're doing well. We're thank doing you. very well. <laughs> oh man. It's been a long day. So it's been a long month. We haven't spoken in quite some time. Uh, everyone's been super crazy busy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, okay, so obviously Old Nick is as busy as ever. There's a lot of uh, kind of exciting things in the media about some uh, upcoming movies and stuff. But before we even touch on any of that, I would like to talk a little bit about the website. So... Uh, of course, in addition to Old Nick Magazine, there is the web component to that. And I don't know, can you can you give me a little brief rundown? You actually have a storefront. What kind of things can people get branded Old Nick Magazine? Oh, well, that's that's one of the great things about visiting the website is that you get to visit our store. And, you know, we have everything there from, like, T-shirts to coffee mugs, um, geez, I don't know, shot glasses, underwear, um, uh, girly tees. I mean, anything that you could possibly think of putting an Old Nick logo on, it's there mm-hmm. in the store. <laughs> That's great. I, I, there's also this really, I'd rather laugh with the sinners. <laughs> <laughs> and the merchandise sticker. is really nice, too. Like, we have a bunch of it, and yeah. it looks really good, you know, and... Um, it's just fun. Great to, fitting, high quality yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. We have nice. tank tops there. We have everything. I, yeah, I love yeah, everything. Is, I'm looking right now. Actually, anything and everything. I mean, it's really interesting. It, you know, for the the people who uh, purchase the magazine and maybe just catch us speaking once a month here, they may not fully be aware of how wide a net Old Nick casts online and I'm always a little bit impressed by it uh, not only with the merchandising but also the website in and of itself I mean you have access to um, live cam girls but you also have a sort of back-end um, uh, members only space with uh, s- exclusive uh, photo sets and stuff yeah, um, yeah. Is, is that something that's uh, still going on still available um, yeah, it's, it's still available. You know, the members have access to exclusive photo shoots that are not seen in the magazine or on the website anywhere. Um, mm. it's, it's a good benefit. And there's also further continuations of articles that we may post on the front end of the website. You know, if you start reading something that may be interesting to you, it'll have a link and it'll say, you know, click here for the, for the rest of this article. And that's in the members only area. 
Mm-hmm. I do like um, you have a, a little section called "Old Nickisms," <laughs> which just quirky thoughts and yeah. uh, random random ideas. I think that's really kind of nice. I I really love that about Old Nick is that it's not just a magazine, though it is that and more. Uh, it's not just a brand; it's that and more. It's and and it's not just um, the corporate identity it's the connection with the uh, audience and the desires of the audience so have you guys been getting a lot of uh, requests for uh, fetish or bds BD, bdsm <laughs> content because <laughs> of uh, the, the movie yeah. um you know we get requests of of all sorts you know um, and submissions yeah and submissions <laughs> you know um yeah, we get we get you know uh, emails and things all the time, you know, saying uh, maybe they like a particular girl, or, you know, gentlemen write in and um, things like that, or girls uh, submit you know uh, fetish photos, um, you well, know, and we have we have a well the new issue actually yeah features has a, a a fictional piece um, written on the basis of the BDSM topic. And it's um it's actually very good, and I think it's going to continue throughout the next couple of issues. Is that and that that's oh, nice. for that everyone's talking about that Fifty Shades of Grey uh, movie or whatever. I thought it was like a drab clothing line. I don't even know. <laughs> I never read. I, I guess the book. I never read this. You know. I mean, we're we're no stranger to uh, the fetish scene, you know, but <laughs> yeah, not yeah. not in a movie like a regular mainstream movie theater yeah, or whatever, you know. Like, I don't know. What is it like? What is it like? I don't know. What is that? I I have heard from um, <laughs> I have heard bestseller uh, books, you know. Yeah, I mean, people who have actually seen the movie already have said that it's actually not that interesting a movie. It's just because of uh, in certain areas of our country or in other countries where people are much more conservative, the idea of having a movie centered around the fantasy of being tied up or something is just so ob- obscure. It's, it's just so sinful. I mean, the idea in and of itself is, <laughs> on its face, it's fantastic. I mean, being in control of of a situation and getting everything you want out of it. I mean, ultimately that's kind of what it is. And so I guess this is sort of like a, a housewife fantasy where they get to explore without admitting that they would be interested in that. You know, it's a guilty pleasure or something. What is it like an Oprah's book club or something? Why is it so like mainstream <laughs> is what I don't understand. It must be very soft. Um, Vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like... Everything I've heard about it reminds me of those, and I don't know if you guys have seen these, but obviously online there's tons of porn everywhere, but every once in a while you'll find um, a site that's geared a little bit more, sort of similar like Old Nick, where it's more um, tease or sensual in nature rather than overtly pornographic. And so I think that's what these books are about, and that's what this movie is going to be presenting, is is the more tease, sensual side of it, Um, which is, you know, I mean, that's... In a way, the bread and butter of Old Nick magazine, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know much about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not really judging it because I, like I yeah. said, I never read the book. I have not seen the movie, but it just, I, I see like these like regular like you know women in the supermarket talking about it. And I'm like, it's kind of <laughs> odd, you know. <laughs> when I was talking about fetish stuff years ago, everyone thought I was a freak. 
But now it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, tie you up, this and that. I mean, I'm sure this movie will be responsible for many, many uh, bedroom accidents. Yeah, that, that's what I think. <laughs> no, I think people don't know what they're getting involved in if they, you know. We'll see a lot of these, um, you know, reports of uh, emergency rooms being flooded by uh, yeah. <laughs> people who uh, uh, you know, choked their girlfriend to death. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> that would be terrible. That, yeah, that's no, I like it. <laughs> that would actually be an interesting um, article for someone like Selena Minx to do, uh, a, a sort of uh, how-to or, or beginner's guide of BDSM. Yeah, like we know, we know a lot of you know dominatrixes and stuff, and like, you know, there isn't there is a way to do things, and I just think yeah. that people, you know, throwing this out there, maybe they have they go out one day and they have a, you know these regular people have a couple one too many glasses of wine, <laughs> want to try out these things, someone's liable to get hurt, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I've pulled hey, well, something once like doing that. Yeah, but what I mean, you know, you got to know what you're doing. There's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it. Yeah, I, I often say that you have to experience both sides of the spectrum before you really realize what you're doing. It's, it's, That's actually a really good point. I, I think what people tend to do is latch on to what they think they would really like. Uh, so if you, if you think that you would really like being a sadist, you never actually get to experience that masochistic side of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's a perfect idea. How do you know if you're doing it right or applying enough pressure or not? Certainly, if this is the first time for the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, if you get involved, if, you know, somebody, I don't know, thinks, oh, I, I want to get into, you know. Um, uh, Something kinky. Yeah, and then they, they find <laughs> someone who's really involved in it and, and they get, you know, more than what they bargained for because they don't understand fully. I mean, this is a whole different lifestyle, you know, and it's like, I don't know. I just, I get very weird when things are made mainstream that, you know. Um, remain underground. Yeah, like you know, it's 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 more serious than just taking your your necktie and you know. Um, I mean, whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Really, but <laughs> I have a feeling a lot of our fetish uh, clubs that we like to visit are going to be flooded now by all these. Yeah, like oh, that's yeah, all of these warriors. coming around. You know, thinking that they're going to find some dom to spank yeah, their like, asses. Yeah, like that is lame. Oh. Well, maybe what what'll happen is they'll they'll see it for what it is and realize maybe it's not for them and it'll go back to normal. <laughs> I don't know. I, you- I've been to places that I'm like, you know, fetish clubs years ago and it's no joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I I did not partake in anything because it's, you know, it can get very serious. And, you know, I mean, I just think people don't know what they're diving into, you know, but I don't mm. know. Whatever. I I mean, I didn't read the book. Maybe it is Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It's a, you know, it's, it, when I hear people in the supermarket talking about it, it's like, and yeah. it's, it's like you know, this 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 cannot be too kinky because Oprah would not be discussing it. I don't think. Did she discuss it? I don't even know. I'm assuming. Oh, I, don't I, don't, I don't watch Oprah. <laughs> I Oprah go <laughs> Come on, Zoth. <laughs> you didn't oh, catch last week's episode? Yeah. Oprah lied about- because she said she was going off the air, but she didn't. She just made a whole Oprah channel. <laughs> a show went off the air yeah. once you had the whole channel. Now it's just Oprah twenty four seven. So that all was- Oprah and BD. <laughs> see, that's one person I would never want to see. Would- <laughs> just you know, just for me personally, um, whenever anything becomes mainstream, I stay away from it. It's just like my satanic instinct. 
this fucking mm. Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I, I don't even want to fuck. Hey, hey, why don't why don't we read the book and get a little kinky tonight, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, can we keep the mic on while you? <laughs> I'll, I'll get the silk handkerchiefs out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the cravat. Um, well, I mean, there is a, a lot of really good content for those who may not want to dive, uh, I don't know, wrists deep or neck deep in the uh, fetish <laughs> world. There's Old Nick Magazine, and there's a lot of different girls that are, uh, I mean, even girl on girl that's uh, yeah. performing mild versions of that in some of these ba- past issues. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've had, you know, um, slightly sadomasochistic uh photo shoots featured in old nick before it's not something that we shy away from or that we try mm. to you know glorify it's just part yeah. of the content of a, a particular I mean, model's desire for a photo shoot even the photo yeah. shoots with girls dressed like nuns i mean that's a whole fetish in itself well i think every you know if you really want to get specific about it i think every photo shoot is part you know um portraying some kind of fetish you know whether it yeah, be cigar kind. smoking or garters and stockings or um big butts you know i I don't know you know (laughs) yeah that's your fetish yeah but you know hey that's all that's a good place to be big booties (laughs) i like big butts and i cannot lie (laughs) um you know we've had girls covered in uh candle wax we've had girls with nipple clamps uh, we've had girls, um, it, it, you know, there's all kinds of fetishes out there. It, it's it's not just, you know, your basic uh, dominance and submission. It, it could be anything. I've done a, mm-hmm. I've done a lot of uh, fetish photo shoots myself. I mean, and I had the rope worms to prove it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've had my boobs tied up in rope. And remember that time someone found rope underneath our bed? Yeah, that was all good. <laughs> Well, might you know. still be there. I don't think about it. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Forget the silk handkerchiefs. We got the real deal. But anyway, um, yeah. you know, and um, I mean, I I enjoyed it, you know, but it's not for everybody, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, there are things like um, that can be uncomfortable for some people, I guess, if you're a model and you're not into it. And, uh, I think it takes a certain level of maturity yeah. to really know what it is that you like and yeah, don't like. Yeah. And yeah. I think basically that's that's kind of all I really want to say. It's like don't don't jump into something without knowing what you're getting into. I talked about my fetishes in uh, Penthouse, remember? Yeah, the three Bs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three Bs, which was a uh, body odor, big red, and um, beer. beer, beer breath. Those three combined. Well, beer breath <laughs> is a BB. Not not rancid body odor, but a slight musky armpit. With yeah. a nice beer breath covered up with a stick of big red is. <laughs> you don't know how many people after that. I had so many guys coming up to me in clubs and things chewing big red. Like they would make sure they put it in their mouth right in front of me. Hey, really? Yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> You're ruining it. Back off. <laughs> Well, I mean, for all those who are interested in something like Fifty Shades of Grey that may not be okay with going to a club to experience it, Old Nick Magazine is always a really wonderful place to start. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a lot of magazines that are out right now that you can actually check with MagCloud or Skin Mags. And you also have a really fantastic website to explore. So I do recommend everyone doing that. So can we give the good folks listening... Uh, all of the different locations online they can find you. Yep. Um, of course, it's oldnickmagazine.com. 
And there is my Twitter. It is at Old Nick Chick. Um, I give updates and uh, Old Nick Magazine mm-hmm. on Twitter as well. And when you go to oldnickmagazine.com, all of our social media links are at the footer. So you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Google Plus and Ella. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. The Barnes and Noble top seller. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. This could start a whole new thing. I mean, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. Actually, it, it really isn't new. So yeah, it's not new, but for, <laughs> for the regular people, it's new. I don't want the regular people to be into the, the underground. Once the underground becomes mainstream, it's no longer underground, and I get away from it. Home Depot's yeah. going to be selling out a rope and all kinds of weird things. <laughs> <laughs> all the hinges and coils and springs are going to be... Uh, well, uh, I definitely appreciate both of you guys coming on. It is so much fun talking with you. I, we start these conversations <laughs> with business in mind, and it always ends with a little fun. That's You can't ask for anything better than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it just reminded me of this conversation. i got to dig out those shackles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep the camera on, please. <laughs> I'll just I'll just be here. Just watch it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, until we can chat again. Until next month. Uh, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. All right, and that's going to do it for another show, people. We hope you enjoyed it, and we would love to hear from you. Again, visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9cents and get updated on weekly topics and or contests when we're running them like we are right now. Download the show Mondays via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fn, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, if you're going to go to iTunes or Stitcher, give us a rating, send us a review, uh, we really appreciate it, and it helps separate us from the pretenders. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Satanism, you really, really should do yourselves the solid of checking out churchofsatan.com. It is the only website for Satanism and the Church of Satan. And remember that the only way we're going to continue doing this is if you continue to share. I keep getting more and more correspondence uh, through the email and through interaction with the different social media. We really do appreciate it. Let's keep going, people. And once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Witch Zaftig. One very beautiful and hungover Witch Zaftig. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and until next week, hail Satan! Hail Satan.